Hi again, Gary Zacharias here with The Apologist Bookshelf. I'm going back for a second look at a book by Fuzz Rana and Hugh Ross. It's called Who Was Adam? Uh, the two of them, of course, are involved with Reasons to Believe. And uh, what they're doing is taking a look at uh, the hominid fossil record in this book, uh, junk DNA, Neanderthals. I actually covered that, I think, in the previous podcast on this book, uh, Human and Chimp Genetic Similarities. And so their, their key question that they want to answer is, was Adam an accident of nature or a deliberate purposeful design? And so they've got their own um, testable ways of seeing early the early rise of people. And so they want to cover that in one of their chapters. They call it Bones and Stones. And uh, their point is that the fossil record, they say, broadly harmonizes with the view that humanity uh, really appeared explosively about 40,000 years ago. And they say that theory is consistent with their creation model predictions. And of course, if you go to their website, reasons.org, you can see what their creation model looks like. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on their model, but just the way that it looks like modern people just burst on the scene about 40,000 years ago, that there wasn't this gradual evolutionary increase in different abilities that separates uh, people from other kinds of animals here. So they go back and they say, um, this is, uh, so in chapter five, they get into this whole issue about uh, what does the record really state? Can we say that people exploded on the scene or not? Well, they said there were hominids, and they call them hominids, and other people do. In other words, human-like, but they don't believe they're human. Um, they lived around two million years ago, and they did have some primitive tools, but it was really crude technology. And their technology, that lifestyle, remained static for hundreds of thousands of years. And it said very, very tiny new modes of technology and culture. It says even as recently as 100,000 years ago, these hominids were using really unsophisticated technology. But then they said around 40,000 years ago, something amazing happened. Now, of course, if some of you are listening to this are young Earth people, uh, you're probably going to say, wait, 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 40,000 years ago? That's not what I believe. Okay, so let's not get into the fight about the age of the Earth. I'm just saying that something happened, according to them, roughly 40,000 years ago that scientists are going to agree with. And if you can get scientists on your side to agree with these things, then you can begin to open them to the possibility of creation rather than evolution, despite whatever time period you want to go by. So 40,000 years ago, something amazing happened. And uh, they quote from a paleoanthropologist, Christopher Stringer. He said, you know, for millions and millions of years, they said hominids have been just churning out the same forms of stone utensils. Well, I shouldn't say millions and millions. They say roughly two million years. But they said about 40,000 years ago, this is this paleoanthropologist again, Stringer, he said there was a shift in our handiwork that took place. It said toolkits all of a sudden got way more sophisticated. Uh, they began to see use of ropes, bone spear points, fish hooks, harpoons, came about, sculptures, paintings, musical instruments, all sorts of objects that were manufactured. And uh, Stringer says, it's an extraordinary catalog of achievements that seem to have come almost virtually from nowhere. 
almost virtually from nowhere. And they point out, I say they, that's Hugh Ross again and Fuzrana, that this eruption of technology is considered anthropology's Big Bang. So we've got, of course, the Big Bang of the universe, and they say this is the Big Bang for anthropology. So I'm going to skip over some of this, but just to give you some ideas of what was going on here, um, let's go to... <clears throat> How about this section here about music? So it said ancient humans made music, and they found uh, an ivory flute dated 30 to 37,000 years ago, manufactured and played by some of the first humans in Europe. Isn't that amazing? It said it was made out of a really good material. Uh, they, they could have used hollow bird bones, but they had to carefully hollow out the ivory and then align and bind together the glue for the two halves of it. And it's about a foot and a half long. It had three finger holes, so it could do actually pretty complex melodies. And I said, uh, if you think about the artistry and the musical expression, you don't see it in the earlier hominids' life. So I said the artistic ability, especially music, didn't gradually emerge. Just boom, it's there around 40,000 years ago. They call that the Big Bang of Art. And they mentioned some of the cave paintings, for example, that you've seen. They seem very complex. And so it said amazing artistry going on. Clothing first appeared around that time period. They found ivory needles with eyes dated to about 40,000 years. They were sewing. Uh, what about religious expression? Well, they said the earliest humans um, seem to have shown some spiritual expression around 30,000 years ago. Uh, I think that's interesting said, well, the Neanderthals, they did dig shallow graves that contained few, if any, artifacts, but human burials contrasted sharply. And often you can find multiple burial plots together. They have uh, a lot of grave goods in there, body ornaments, things like that. Seems like it was some ritualistic beliefs. So they had a sense of the afterlife. Well, what about, uh, let's get back to reasons to believe. What did they predict? They predicted that if you are created by God, then abruptly you're going to have an appearance in the archaeological record. And that's exactly what they see. Hominids, they were saying, again, had a low level of culture, really simple, stagnant for long periods of time. And then this explosion took place. So what are some other things that happened? Um, they talk about this as the dawn of human culture. That's what scientists say. They call it a human revolution or a creative explosion a socio-cultural big bang. You hear those words like a revolution, explosion, and yeah, so something big changed. They said it wasn't something minor. It said there were fundamental biological changes that must have started and then led to these social and technological changes that we see. Um, so they, okay, I'm going to skip ahead here again. So it said uh, the Neanderthals just don't have that kind of explosion and said um, the most reasonable explanation is that you have these artifacts coming along because people are created with God's image and they appear suddenly. And that's exactly what their reasons to believe models suggest. Let me move ahead to a, another chapter that I think is fascinating. It says naturalistic scenarios don't predict a specific, usually great time for humans to appear. But they said, no, with RTB, reasons to believe, they believe that humanity was brought about by God at the best time in Earth's history for people to have the best physical conditions for their well-being. Now, what does that look like? 
Well, let me rattle some of these things off. It's pretty amazing when you get going here. For example, advanced life, you've got to have a planet that has a lot of heavy elements, like heavier than helium. But when the Earth formed, uh, there wasn't anything going on that way. There, it had to take years and years for simple organisms. They needed to process and redistribute the heavy elements into forms that humans would survive. So you had to wait until all that happened. Then you have to have a bunch of cosmic conditions just right. The Milky Way galaxy, for example, has to be specifically put together with its branches and things like that. Um, so even a tiny disturbance in the solar system's orbit around that galaxy in the nucleus would expose all the planets to deadly radiation, but it had a perfect structure, open for just a narrow time window for humans. Okay, what else? Well, the Milky Way galaxies had a history of stellar explosions. They're called supernovae throughout its history. But we, in the solar system, we exist between two of those spiral arms, and there's a danger that you could have a close supernova experience, but there aren't any anymore. It's, it's very, very low. The isolated supernova events has been low while the humans have been around, so even that is better for us. Here's another thing. As the solar system goes around the center of the Milky Way galaxy, it runs into a huge molecular cloud about every 100 million years, and it drops this Earth's surface temperature a lot. So catch this. Humanity comes along just the right time when, there's not, when it's not running through that molecular cloud. What about the sun? The sun grows more luminous with age. So way, way back, billion years or so, then the luminosity bottomed out, it declined, and it dropped down some. And the atmosphere and solar radiation conditions were so harsh way back that only primitive life forms could survive. You need a stable sun, and you need a sun that has the just right luminosity. And that happened, guess when? Right about when humans came along. So that was perfectly set up. It was actually the best lunar moment as well, really. Yeah, it says when life first appeared, Earth was spinning four to six times faster than it does today. And that would produce winds that were just huge. So you, you can't live during times like that. The moon makes the biggest impact on slowing our rotation rate. And they said now it's much, much better. And that's just right for human civilization at this moment, thanks to the moon putting the brakes on us. There's even a perfect eclipse moment. Solar eclipses... Um, you've got to be able to understand the universe. And you, in many cases, you use a solar eclipse. You can find out more about the sun. And uh, so it said, the Earth-Moon-Sun system is the only three-body arrangement known to astronomers that give us perfect solar eclipses. But the solar system isn't static. So every year, the moon is spiraling away from us. And so in the future, it's not going to cover the whole sun. And uh, so we got it just right now where it's covering the entire sun. Here's another one, the Earth's plate tectonic activity. That's great. You've got to have the, the plates moving around. That provides and prepares, and it, it sets up the continental land masses for us. So you've got to have uh, the plate tectonic, but it's got to be just the right uh, kind of movement. And so human beings are, thank goodness, only experiencing a tiny fraction of what the first life forms had. So that's good news. Less te tectonic activity means a lot fewer earthquakes and volcanic eruptions, but you have to have some. So 
they are just right now as far as the tectonic moments. Uh, it's, it's best for us to be around now as far as the movement of the plates that we're sitting on. There's a perfect petroleum moment. Isn't that something? Um, you had to have humans and proteins coming along at the same time, and they do. You have to have the climate just right. And it says apparently the ideal climate for global civilization is only for just a limited time. And that's just right. Uh, we reside today in a safe zone with respect to asteroids and comets. We haven't had all sorts of collisions like we had earlier. Uh, more terrestrial windows, they said, are just exactly right. It, it goes on and on with the galaxy and the geology here and the solar system in general. It said human life, as they predicted, came about at the perfect moment in Earth's history. So I, don't, I hope that's not too uh, boring to you, but I find that uh, really interesting stuff that we're not an accident, that everything came together at just the right time for us. And I really like the part about the uh, explosion of the culture, that, uh, yeah, you had hominids there, but why would they stay static and then all of a sudden have this burst about 40,000 years ago? And again, I don't want to argue age of the earth. That's not the point. The point is people who are in the field acknowledge that there's this explosion of activity. And we can certainly say, well, why would that happen? How do you account for nothing and then all sorts of brand new cultural and artistic ways come about? Well, it makes more sense, I think, from a God creating humans than to see this gradual evolution of hominids into humans. That doesn't make sense. You wouldn't get a big bang explosion of anthropology. All right, well, that's uh, one for today, and I hope you enjoyed that one. That was Fuzz Rana and Hugh Ross. The book was called Who Was Adam? And uh, they, like I said, it's got all sorts of interesting stuff on a fossil record and junk DNA. How about that? Uh, junk DNA is no longer junk DNA, but that's another talk. Okay, well, thanks for joining me. We'll do another podcast soon. <laughs>